good morning. I would like to say first and foremost, thanks. Thanks everyone for joining us this morning. Um, welcome to the Tom Ficklin Show. My name is Gary Tinning and I'm sitting in for Tom Ficklin. Uh, today's topic is uh, jazzing for sickle cell at Woolsey Hall. Uh, fortunately, we have some world-renowned artists right here um, who are performing at the event that we uh, we're looking forward to. Um, so I would like to uh, welcome today's guests. Um, if you could please introduce yourself, Anton Roney, mm -hmm. William yeah. Fluker, and mm -hmm. Kojo Roney. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Anton. Good morning. Hey, <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm Antoine Roney. Okay. And uh, we got Kojo. Is that the way I pronounce? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Kojo. Mm -hmm. Kojo. All right. Pleasure to have you. Um, so if you could just give us a brief, uh, uh, a, you know, speak a little bit about your careers and uh, um, and what we're doing here, William. If we could start with you to talk about. Um, you know, what is Jazz and for Sickle Cell and why, and, and why this was put together? Well, Jazz, jazz and for Sickle Cell is an, uh, it's an e effort for us to, um, you know, support uh, uh, the Sickle Cell um, uh, uh, movement um, in terms of, um, you know, helping to uh, develop um, uh, 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 or I, more ideas mm -hmm. um, uh, in finding ways, uh, you know, to help those uh, with sickle cell. And we're joining together with uh, Michelle's house and um, uh, 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 the title of, uh, is we call it uh, Jazzing for Sickle Cell. Okay, and it's, it's an effort for, you know, to bring international musicians in uh, to support uh, the cause. And uh, we will be having an incredible event at um, the great Woosley Hall uh, with uh, uh, the great Anton Roney, uh, which I'm looking forward to uh, hearing his, uh, his music is just incredible. Um, and this is a privilege for uh, us to have these musicians, uh, Anton Roney and Camille Thurman. Uh, Kojo Roney, I mean, it's just unbelievable uh, who we will have to uh, perform at this event. Thank you. Thank you. And we appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure all the sickle cell, the folks who are suffering from sickle cell and their families do also. Um, so next, I would like to introduce Anton Roney. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your travels, and we'd appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a saxophone player. You know, uh, grew up born into the music, listening to jazz music, and um, uh, my my older brother Wallace Roney was a great trumpeter who passed away, um, and and um, during the COVID period. And, um, you know, we're dedicated to the music. We played the music for years. We uh, grew up listening to it. We played it. We played with a lot of the jazz greats. We've seen a lot of the jazz greats and we played with a lot of the jazz greats. And, uh, and uh, hopefully a lot of that rubbed off on us to pass it on to the next generation. 
you know, so, um, you know, we, we're dedicated to the art. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've got my son who plays drums and uh, <laughs> it, it, it was interesting because it wasn't, he was just born into it. Uh, that's his reality. And, um, and that's the way from birth, he thought it should go, whatever that, whatever that is. But um, it wasn't forced on him. He was, he had the mind for it <clears throat> since birth. So um, when I recognized it at a very, very early age, I just got him a drum set, put it in his room, and closed the door. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, huh? <laughs> that was basically that was it. Oh yeah. Wow. You know, I mean, I, I answered questions, and he, um, you know, he was very enthusiastic about it, um, and and I, you know, his realities were the great jazz musicians. I mean, my some of my best friends were like. Lenny White, Buster Williams, and Ron Carter, and all these people, and he just grew up around them. He he thought that they was, you know, like like the trees out in the in the, in the forest. They were um, in his life since he was a baby, and he had wow. relationships with them, Chick Career, and all them people. He he he, he probably know them a little better than me now. He's <laughs> Have you ever? Did you ever get a? Did you get a chance to meet Miles Davis? Or? Yeah, I met Miles, but I wasn't as close to Miles as my brother was. Mm. Um, a lot of the great artists have very particular personalities that you just don't go up to them and say, "Hey, hey," you know. I mean, you can, <laughs> but their personalities were very. You know, they, a lot of the great art. I always tell people, you are. Uh, um, you have to learn how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Because when you get around a lot of great artists, it's not um, uh, easy to mm -hmm. sit around them because they think such on the high intricate. So in the case of Miles, I've met him a few times, but I, I didn't uh, jump into, um, you know, trying to, you know, make him recognize me or something like that. Uh, you know, I'm three years under my brother, so... Okay, you know he he opened the door to a lot of things, and, and right. I was a, a a lot of times I was on the outside looking in on things, but mm. I wasn't trying to interrupt. You know, yeah. well, I always say we you know we stand on the shoulders of kings and queens, and you know historically, and we look at you know we identify folks, and we know that individuals have laid the foundation for us, and we appreciate it. And we right. appreciate. I was close to people like, you know, Wayne Shorter and I knew Herbie Hank. I knew the guys in the band. I didn't really know Tony Williams that much. He was a very intricate personality. Um, but I, 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 you know, I mean, I was close and I'm close to Miles's uh, nephew. I'm, I play in the Miles Electric Band. Uh, mm -hmm. they, 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 um, the nucleus of the, of the guys were Miles's band, uh, Bobby Irvin, Darrell Jones on bass, and Mayango and because you know all the guys that play with Miles and I'm in that band, um, and we usually, um, you know, the trumpet chair chair rotates to different people who they want to present in that band. So, well, one of the reasons why I brought uh, Miles up was, you know, Miles he did a piece. There's an article 
pertaining to his his you know his life and his and he suffered from sickle cell disease mm-hmm. and uh, you know a lot of folks weren't aware of that so <clears throat> when I saw that and I read the article I was really taken back by it mm-hmm. it just seemed like everything fit in mm-hmm. um, but on another another uh, thing I wanted to mention Koja I you know I go around I deal with a lot of youth in our communities um, and I. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, I find a way. How do you, how do you connect with the youth, and especially with jazz? Um, what recommendations? So I think we're going to do some. William, we're inviting a bunch of uh, students from the schools to attend the event because we want them to see how, you know, really what goes into jazz, and so they can appreciate. Not saying they don't appreciate the art, but you know, the thing that jazz does for a lot of our youth. I. Uh, looked at some programs in New York and I was like, wow, we really need to tap in these things. And I see Williams doing a lot of work at the schools, um, which is important and that we need to talk about. So this is a great opportunity. I would like to uh, uh, have Kojo say a few things. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. If, um, I don't know if it's really a, a simple answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, to that question i think for me as a young person playing this music and being in the industry um and in the community what what's really attractive is seeing somebody like yourself on stage playing with the guys um for me i mean you know i always i never really hung out with people my age that much when it came to like things that i really like to do like serious things um getting into the music and getting deep in and into the dirt i'm always with people that were older than me so for me it wasn't really that much of a of a um uh, a difference or a problem but i started to see that when i was on stage younger people uh took a liking to the music um because they saw me up there and i was like them you know i'm their generation um and i was able to to uh take the music to a exciting um you know intriguing level where the interest is there. And a lot of young people um, don't have, don't have to form themselves to, um, to fit society. So they're very open in their, um, their understanding and observation of what the world is. So something that's a music like jazz or uh, avant-garde um, approaching music, you know, they, younger people, they understand it um, because they weren't really taught to fit into society and what's old and what's new, um, what's trending and what's not. They just take whatever and whatever is exciting, you know, it's, that's something that's, that they're, um, that they're in for, you know, there are hands and feet in it. Um, so just the fact of me being on stage is something that's attractive, I think. Yeah. And I think, uh, William, I think you could speak to that. Um, cause you have the vision and you work with the young folks in the schools and, uh, you know, again, we reached, you reached out to the, the, uh, some folks uh, recently pertain to, you know, getting that room and making sure that we we fill that room with some of our the younger generation, so we can expose them to this great art. Uh, can yes. you speak to that a little bit? Uh, yeah. Um. Um. Just to piggyback with what Kojo was saying, um. Uh. uh Anton Roney, who you see sitting, who who we are talking to right now. Uh, had it not been for him, uh, I don't know where I would have been because um, 
uh, he had a mind, his mind was incredible, you know, um, and it was kind of like, um, I don't know how to say it, but, you know, um, he, um, one thing that always sticks to me is like a, a child is like a, an acorn, but an acorn will not become an oak tree overnight. Okay. Um, it takes time um, to develop, for the child to develop. And um, when I look at, look back on my life and I look and I think about Ant Anton Roney always pops up. And because he, uh, you know, I was going one way and then he introduced me to this great music. And I remember him letting me hear a recording of his brother. And I was playing, actually playing the bass guitar. <laughs> and um, I was thumping on it and I thought I was doing something, but <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you know, and I remember those days, but, and the long story short, but, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the most high for uh, how he, or who he put around me to allow me to uh, see the need to grow, mm. you know, and and to uh, because uh, this music is uh, it's a it's a teacher it's in itself, and but we need innovators and uh, such as Antoine and um you know and I'm not surprised I wasn't surprised to see Kojo develop because I seen how he was with me, you know. He coached, he was coaching me throughout. I didn't know what was going on, but he was always, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and taking me and we going places and listening to this person, uh, you know, and, you know, so that's what I see. And I'm not, so I'm not surprised with uh, Kojo being the incredible musician that he is and human being um, with, and having the type of mind that he has. You know, so that's everything. Well, let me say something to this. You know, because we were young men, and and William were young. We were in in high school, just the beginning stages of high school. I I, um, I think it was like tenth grade or something like that. And um, you know, we we come from the the street life, but you had the the music gave us a choice of uh which route to go and uh we came up in a time when you know we would listen to a record and those guys were still alive mm. so we would listen to a donald bird record and then we said man donald bird's in town and we'd go <laughs> see donald bird and we transformed our um uh getting in trouble you know our mis mischievous things our our mischievous we took the skill of the street mischievous to, to figure out how to get into the club in the back of the club without paying. <laughs> kind of you know, and so we had to get home at a certain time before our parents wake up and all that kind of stuff and still make school the next day. And, all. you know, we, we, um, we use those, those, uh, our minds to, to chase down the music and the incredible musicians and these and, and those incredible musicians have so much knowledge that it grabbed our hearts and our spirits and, and guided us through good and bad things, you know. Um, 
and we we were lucky enough to have now this generation coming up now um it has been stripped from our culture and mm. um although in the in the um in the black community like there are a lot of young white and uh, or not just white you know there's a lot of young people other than black people that under that understands the importance of this music oh, yeah. and they would take the time out and and study it at a young age to understand and admire uh, a musician like myself who's been you know who's been through certain things um and, and our com in the black community has been um pulled away from it and um when 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 you see somebody like kojo or um you know some of his friends that came up which is not a lot of them but it was a good handful of young younger uh black musicians that were coming up that came up that are out in the world playing now um that was a, almost a novelty you know to see that you know because we're being a room of a whole bunch of young musicians and i would say maybe two black musicians out of maybe 20 white musicians <clears throat> at a young age you know high school junior high school age so um you know it's it's, it's kind of a, a a weird place to be in the music today so now it looks like well people are young people don't listen to this music but it's mostly young black people don't listen to music but when you expose it to them like kojo is saying mm -hmm. they, they understand it before a period of their minds becoming um you know commercialized mm -hmm. with all the women and all that stuff and the hip-hop and all that. and hip-hop and stuff i i don't you know it's, it's great but it should be more integrated into the culture of where it came, where it comes from, which is jazz. You know, like I was telling, uh, um, me and Kojo was watching that movie Black Panther, and they when they when it was the black culture from the United States or whatever you want to call it, um, the representation was hip hop, and you heard not one jazz song. I mean, they could have had like a Love Supreme or something, or just one. They didn't. It was there wasn't one jazz song that represented the uh, our our <clears throat> culture and the and the knowledge of our culture. You know, the you know they had that one guy who was really angry and all of that, but they didn't really show. You know, they kind of just you know. But then we would watch another movie, and some some guy would talk about Thelonious Monk, and it's a white guy. You know, you don't see that in, in uh, so in our culture, it's, it's kind of been, we've been kind of separated from it. And a person like Kojo, I think if, if, uh, if, you know, we, if, if it's presented properly, you know, and you can see, you know, our culture playing this music at a young age and not at a contest with, you know, <laughs> That's some jazz contest. Remember playing it straight from the heart. Wow. Well, just yeah, from listening to you too. I mean, you talk about um, I was in I'm retired from the fire service, but I do a lot of community work and you know, I'm in the business community wise about saving souls. And uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, some of the things you just mentioned speak specifically to to that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think this is a great opportunity for some of the younger folks to see and hear, you know, the importance of jazz. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, music to combine music and with uh, to identify a disease like sickle cell. You know, this is a, a opportunity that a lot of folks haven't seen. We haven't seen, you know, especially mm-hmm. this is going to be held at Woolsey Hall, historic Yale, um, a beautiful mm-hmm. place. And, uh, you know, we somehow we have to learn to get the message out. And, and this way, I think we're going to kind of hit on a few things um, that you just mentioned. Um, but to raise awareness for sickle cell, too, because I'm sure a lot of like Miles, a lot of folks, you know, when you play your music and you write your music, you're thinking about your your life's journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about mentorship and showing folks the right path. Uh, I think uh, Fluker mentioned a couple of things growing up. We all, you know, I was in that same place where I could have went the other way, but I had a mentor. Mm-hmm. I hung out with a lot of the older guys. Yeah. Back. <laughs> and yeah. save my soul so i think uh, you know i know that type of work is important and people have to realize that the jazz community is a huge community mm-hmm. and unfortunately like you mentioned it's by the younger generation it's untouched so we got to find a way to to uh connect those dots because uh i don't know how you guys do it i've tried to play instruments throughout my my life and uh, <laughs> i was i couldn't do it especially blowing them horns and those things, but I love music. I, uh, oh, one, one, one thing that was important when Fluka was coming up was that we touched base. We, we touched elbows, what I call the guides, you know, to to uh, to stand around a Freddie Hubbard and or Cedar Walton. And not only, you know, because we knew them from the stage and off the stage. So when we followed them guys off the stage, and all the all of them, they weren't, you know, they they weren't like angels, or they were angels in another sense, mm-hmm. not, not in the sense of being angels. Um, I mean, they they were some of the masters masters of some of the mischiefs of this world. Mm-hmm. So we had an opportunity to to dwell into that that world, dark side and light side. And and that that put us into areas of not just music, but in the science of the mind, because those guys were scientists. You know, you got you heard them on the bandstand, but when they put that instrument down, their minds were still ticking. They there's always something happening next, happening next that they were manipulating. Um, and we had a chance to hang with these and see these people at work. I mean, in real life, not on a record in real life. So you know to see. What William is doing, the work that he's putting into, was based off of experiences of his life and and science, and knowing that certain things can happen if you apply yourself to it, you know. Because I, that was our, I mean, we we wanted to play an instrument, and uh, it wasn't just going to school and playing an instrument. It was like when we ran into somebody like a Bill Hartman or a Gia Cook, <laughs> you know, and we and that inspired us to do the next thing. Mm-hmm. So it took us outside of the normal school thing and taking lessons and you know and all these kind of things. And these guys took us on as young people and taught us about life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we learned life. I mean, they would tell us things like, "Yo, sit up, don't, don't." Don't uh, not out in the club. People might think you're on drugs, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> they, they, 
they took us by the hand. These mm -hmm. people took us Art Blakey. We would sit next to Art Blakey. We would go to the clubs and sit right next to his drums and hear that <laughs> coming out of the drums, and that would change. That would that was food. You know, yeah. We we it, it it you know so now here we are and what we're trying to do that was passed on to us that we're trying to pass on to Kojo mm -hmm. and to all the young children and 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 and, and that that uh, William is in touch with. You know, that, that's the nature of the music. That's the nature of our culture. Mm. And, and Gary, um, what Anton's uh, talking about, it, um, it's, a, it's about the environment. Um, you know, you, you can't grow certain things in, in certain environments. You know, the environment has to be con conducive for you to grow a thing um, or grow a specific thing. And um, I know that I remember, I recall um, when I was trying to uh, do a paradiddle, show a drummer how to do a paradiddle. And the kid, he had learned how to do the paradiddle, but he didn't know how to break it apart. And he didn't know how, to, how it developed. So I said, I, and he said, oh, oh man, I, he said, I can do that. And he really, he did pretty good at it. He, but I put Kojo on the video screen mm -hmm. and I told him, I said, I said, check, um, I said, check this drum out. He said, he, and the amazement that he had on his face, wow. just watching it. And then, then to find out that he goes online and he's listening to uh, Cindy Blackman, uh, Kojo, you know, he's listening to these drummers now that, you know, um, somehow he's he's found a, a, an environment where he can really, really learn something from. You mm -hmm. know, but but you have to have somebody like uh, Anton Roney or somebody uh, like Wallace Roney uh, to uh, kind of say, "Hey, man, you know, uh, you got a good." You know, I remember he telling me, "You got a good concept, but you're not playing the changes." You know what I mean? <laughs> and we know what that means. He would, uh, Wallace would say that to me. He said, you got a good concept, but you're not playing the changes. So, and I would have to figure that out. You know? I would go and ask some of the older cats and then I would get upset because the older cats would say, you got to listen. You just got, you got to listen. To, you just gotta listen, and I'm wanting them to give me, uh, tell me how to do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so true. And that, and and with that, you know, when today everything is given to the to the, um, you know, to the young people, they show them how it's this chord, and you play that over that chord, and everybody's playing the same solo basically today, or playing the same way which we had to come up with our own concept of what that was that gave us our own individuality. Then somebody actually saying, over this chord, you play this, and over that chord, you play this, and this goes here, you know, and then everybody have devices, which devices are okay, but sometimes I feel like if you listen and you come up with your own device, mm -hmm. you know, you listen to that thing and how you hear it, you come up with your own device. But now in, in the Kojo sense, in, in his mind, uh, you know, I mean, he's my son, and I, I watched him grow up from a baby, 
But at the same time, he always thought for himself and I allowed him to think for himself. Uh, and we would travel and I'll put him out in situations and I'm going to see what he uh, what he's going to do. And he's the one that challenged me first on that. He's like, Dad, can I do such and such? And I was like, no. And then I thought about it and I said, why did I'm saying no? And I said, go ahead and do it. I'm going to see what you're going to do. So and he and he did it. And it's something that was probably really odd that you didn't that it wasn't logical that can happen. And he did it. So I said, hmm, that's interesting. Mm. So and then I then it was then I became a little mischievous. I was kind of put him out there and I said, let me go and do that. I'm gonna see if you're gonna choke. And he'd go out there, he would do So and then and then I would see him around his friends, and then and then it made me understand that young people think on high levels. They might know how might not know how to communicate it. Mm-hmm. They think on high levels. And uh because him communicating when he's communicating with his friends, there are certain friends that he had to pull up to the table. Like, yo, you got to get your stuff together with certain friends he can talk to. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that's the way we dealt with each other when we were coming up. Now, um, him having the opportunity to travel the world at a very young age and see certain things, he might have been a little bit ahead of the game of understanding results of things. But then he talked to his friends and he pulled their code to it. And then they, mm-hmm. on that, they, on that le- they, you know, instantly on that level. Wow. Uh, so to talk to him and see what's going on in his mind, you know, you know, you talk to me and, and, and William, we talk about the past. You yeah. talk to him, he's going to tell you about now right. in the future. That's the only way that he can think. He don't think about the past. You know, the past <laughs> is not really that long in his life. Right. Yeah. So he's thinking about bam, and and he plays like that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Coldra, I see you got a, you have an instrument in your hand. Can you give us a little little <laughs> <of> that music? <laughs> Don't put me on the spot. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's just it's just a coping mechanism. I, I got mm-hmm. I got things in in my head, and so mm-hmm. I'm listening to y'all. I'm just working stuff out. <laughs> so. Tell me a little bit about your travels, though, traveling with your dad and and I'm sure, you know, the experiences, you know, you going, uh, you know, traveling internationally. uh, That must have been, you know, and still is a a phenomenal experience. You talk about your journey and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, being able to do this with your father. And um, I know he's a proud father and I know you're a proud son. But uh, just to be in those rooms and to sit back and, like you said, I think one of our Achilles heels is, is especially with the elderly and the different generations, is meeting each other halfway and learning from each other. But we have to be, we have to, you know, see that as a, a um, that's a good thing to sit down and, and talk to each yeah. other and learn. Because I've learned so much from my elders and uh, I didn't agree with them all the time, but I found out later in my days that uh they were right you know and then sometime i was right but most of the time they were right but if you could just speak briefly to you know some of your experiences one of your favorite places you played yeah music. no i i am um, the thing about me is that i i always enjoyed hanging out with uh with elders um, i love my grandparents you know? <laughs> i love my aunties and my uncles and my dad and my mom and it wasn't really a, a a nuisance for me to hang out with, you know, with people mm-hmm. that older than me. Um, and I I um I like to challenge people, 
And so I think that's one thing that elders didn't like about me that I challenge them. Um, I always, but I never, I never, uh, um, I never, um, how can I say? When it was something that, that I would talk to, you know, older people about um, in terms of longevity or something that could happen over a span of time, I always understood that that was something that they learned from on the spot. And uh, I always trusted that fact. But when it was something that was, uh, uh, something that was instant or something that could happen in two seconds, I'll challenge him. I'll see, well, you sure about that? Because we could get that done now. See, that works. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but when it was, when we're talking about something over a span of 10, 20 years, I'm not going to argue with you about that because I was only <laughs> years. So, you know. um, but yeah, you know, I, I always, I always enjoy hanging out with, with people, um, no matter the age. And, uh, <laughs> I always and hanging out with my friends, you know, it was it was all the same thing to me, you know. I just I was just thinking about something. I was hanging out with my my childhood friend yesterday, and uh, I remember arguing with him about you know things to do. Like, yo, man, what you gonna do for your birthday, man? He's like, I'm gonna go to Six Flags, or what you wanna do? You wanna go to trampoline park? And I remember uh, on my, I think it was my tw- maybe twelfth birthday or something like that. Um. For us, twelve was a big number. We, you know, going back as friends, twelve was our number. You know, so he's like, twelve, man, come on, let's go and do something. Let's go to to Six Flags. We've never been to Six Flags before, or something like that. And then um, my uncle called me to do a rehearsal, um, and uh, it was, I'm, I think it was, we were rehearsing for a gig at a, um, at the Village Gate. And uh, or it's not called the Village Gate anymore. I forget what the club is called. But um, so my uncle calls me. He's like, you know, such and such. Can you make this rehearsal? Lenny's gonna be there. Lenny White is gonna be there. Buster Williams. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute now. I'm <laughs> and it's on my birthday. Wow. And my friend's like, yo, we're gonna go to Six Flags. What's up? I said, man, I'm gonna go play with Buster Williams, man. Later for that. You know, uh-huh. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get this experience. And I, I, I got to argue with my friend. He's like, man, later for that, you want to go play some music? I'm like, yes, I want to go play some music. <laughs> and so, you know, I always, I always uh, uh, prioritize that. Um, and through the music, it led me uh, out of the country. Um, hmm. And of course, my dad took me by my hand um, because being here wasn't really doing me, you know, staying in the house while dad was out on the road, you know, I could have been out there. So dad was like, yo, let's go on the next one. Mm. And so going out on the road and being homeschooled, I was able to really put my feet in the soil um, of history, you know, and we went to places in in Italy, Rome. I went to the Parthenon and it's a famous story that I went to the Parthenon and I was on Skype before Zoom was out. I was on Skype with my on my class, you know, and class was, was talking about the Parthenon and old history and this is this is what happened and you know this and so on. And uh, I looked out the window and we were at a hotel across the street from the Parthenon. So I was like, "Man, y'all talking about this? I'm gonna go check this place out." And so I went out and, and was able to to really to touch the Parthenon and to, to sit there and look at it and talk to local people about it. Mm. Uh, and that's just one one instant of um that's one experience that I had out of many um and 
my school, my um, education became out in the field, you know. So after the gig out in, in Africa, um, wow. in Europe, places in Europe, all over in the Alps, um, we spent a week in the Grand Canyon in the Four Corners. Wow. Um, we spent a lot of time with the with the uh, the Diné, the Navajo people down there, and, and I learned a lot about real history, things that happened from the local people, not from schools telling me, you know, basically based off a of hearsay. You know, mm. I would really sit there and talk to some elders and talk to some local people and, you know, eat eat native food, you know, eat the traditional mm. food and sit there and talk crap and, you know, see that their grandparents is like mine cussing, talking about people, you know. I really was able to to um, experience personal, have personal experiences and find out um, the reality in history and the, the bull that they be teaching you, you know, that didn't really happen, that they say that happened. They, meaning the education system, or mm -hmm. teachers who probably never been there themselves, probably read it from a book and I was able mm -hmm. to have those experiences personally. Mm -hmm. And so through that, you know, we take all of that and through my dad being the person that he is, not just a musician um, and, a, and a, a leader, a saxophone player and uh, a leader on stage, but a person that's been in dire situations, you know, out in the wild, you know, being able to, to survive in, in, you know, situations that put you, you know, death experiences, basically. Um, being able to, to, uh, to think and to to operate on those levels, you know, without the instrument. Well, not without the instrument. The instrument is in the case, but you know, <laughs> out there in the woods like that. Um, and then taking that and putting that on the stage, you know, dad did that in his when he was younger before me. And then when I was he's like, yo, come on, we gotta do this. And then when we get on the stage, then we take all of that information, all that stress, all that emotion, being mad, being happy, being scared, being you know, fearing and then not taking away the fear and facing death and all that stuff and putting that on the stage. Mm. That, um, that takes that experience of understanding how to bring that presence on stage to the next level. Mm. Yeah, well, that's wow. what I, was I was able to take that. He, I was able to be in those situations and then take that and put that on the stage. And uh, that's yeah. important. So, well, Anton, what do you, I mean, look what you created, man. That's, he's, that's yeah. a phenomenal young you know and each one of the trips have intricate stories oh man but uh when when uh when he was nine years old and we he did his first gigs with me i would make him go and collect the money <laughs> <laughs> and and at a very young age, I told him how to collect the money, put in envelopes to give it away. But then, but he had to confront, and the people didn't dig it. But you know, he had to confront the people like, "Where's the money?" Mm. You know? Oh, and uh, that, that's a lot of stories in that. Where's the money, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, as he got now, what's interesting is that all the the music and uh, you know friendships, you know with but people like like Wim and all kinds of people and, and the conversations that we that we have on the road is always about life. Kojo took so all that in and wind up at this point now and he wrote a book. He's on he's right he's on his second and third book. 
you know, wow. it's in the Amazon and and it's it's uh I mean he could tell you about it. It's really on another level mentally. And he taken uh, a lot of history and putting it into like a um sci science fiction uh book that he's been writing and drawing. He draws the he he um creates the um characters and it's pretty intense. Uh, so, That's amazing. Mm -hmm. The uh now have any of you ever played at the Woolsey Hall? This is gonna be the first time. Um I'm not sure. Have I played there when I think I did You played at you played at Sprague Hall. I played somewhere with Elvin Jones. I don't know where did I play that when I played with Elvin Jones was in the big hall. I don't know if it's Woolsey Hall. Um, Willie Ruff had put together this this performance, and Elvin Jones was the um, with Elvin Jones band. And it was a big theater. I don't know exactly where if it's the same place or not. Okay, it's a big theater. Uh, Fluke. So, how do you see this? Uh, I mean, I, I keep bringing up with the the, the uh, opportunity to expose our youth again. Um, now, what kind of programs are you doing at the school, and where? You mean um, uh, oh well, at at uh, at we we have um all kinds of programs going um on um um and it and then actually um I've been fortunate to be able to kind of extend what was going on in the New Haven public schools to other you know, uh, schools as well. And me and my wife, we put together a company uh, called Inspire Music uh, Group. And um, we and what we realized is that, you know, the environment is, we have to have an, an environment. I learned that um, in Washington, D.C., um, mainly just walking, uh, walking with um, Anton um, and just talking and, you know, and basically observing what's going on. Um, and um, I would, uh, I, for some reason, my mind, my mind, uh, I feel like I did owe the development of my mind to, you know, those opportunities to walk uh, with Anton. He, he was kind of like a messenger um, with me that, that, that I was granted because I had, a I had a, very difficult when didn't have a strong family life. And, um, you know, so it was an environment that um, I was uh, kind of blessed to, to kind of get, be a part of, you know, I could go see, uh, I would go see uh, Wallace play at the uh, Pigfoot. And Tom was like, man, you gotta come. And then I would sneak out of the house and, you know, and I, I could take a whooping too. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> I got to the point where I didn't care if I could. I had done the whooping wouldn't hurt me until my mother just finally said, "You know, if you're not gonna listen to me, then you're gonna go stay somewhere else." <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you know, and it was all learning. But uh, the environment, um, I'm very strong about an environment, and uh, we realize that there's the environment here is. Is is not it's not a good environment for mm -hmm. uh, for us to uh, really really grow. Um, you can't grow uh, in an environment that's not conducive. And I've been through everything. I've been through all the religions. I've been through all of 
everything. Man, I take it as a learning, which it was, and a blessing to be able to experience all those different types of things. And then to be able to see that the environment is important. You know, Anton had the opportunity to raise his son up in an environment where he can grow. And, uh, and that's important. And so me and my wife, we said, hey, you know what, we got to we got to create a place. We got to find a place where we, and that's where you met us at. When we saw the music back then, Gary, um, that's what we were doing. When you said, hey, um, we could, you guys, we need you guys to work with us with this uh, sickle cell event. And we, and that's what we were doing. We were creating an environment. And one thing we, and we just got in a grant, we got a grand baby grand piano for music back then that we're going to give to them. Wow. We told them that we can't bring these musicians here. We can't bring the right musicians here. We don't have no baby grand piano. We don't have no the right piano. I mm. said, we said, some of them are not going to play on the piano. To create, to let people know that there's a level, like a scientific level that, you know, um, um, like Anton said, it's scientific. You know, these are scientists. These are not just Mere musicians, these are scientists, they're messengers, uh, you name it. Survivors. And, yeah, survivors, <laughs> yeah, you name it. So, um, you know, this is, um, you know, you look at Kojo, he's not just a drummer. You know what I mean? He's, uh, his, he got a mind that, um, you know, that can um, uh, uh, allow other people uh, that if other people can access uh, his uh, him, he can lead and guide a, a person in a in a way that they could go. That mm. that you know be a positive um, uh, way for them, you know, and allow them to survive in 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 the, in, in in the environment that they're in, or to grow out of that environment into another, you know, in in and enter into a better an environment where they can really grow. Wow, that's a that's amazing. So, um, I think we got about ten more minutes, maybe or five more minutes. But in, I, uh, I mean, this is just phenomenal. I yeah. uh, mentioned how we met. Um, you know, I went to one of the his venues, and I was just taken back by you know here I am, fifty eight years old. I was like, wow, this is phenomenal because it just the you're not like you said. You're not only a performer or entertainer. You're t you're telling a life story. You're performing and you're 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 bridging that gap. You're making like right now. I'm just so amazed and some of the things that Kojo said too is just wow. We need to get him <laughs> in front of some of our young folks in these schools. Maybe we get well, them down. Listen, Friday. I, I'll say Friday. this one thing. I'll say this one thing. I I, I like to preach uh, <laughs> this conception uh, about me, not just me. Um, but a lot of, especially black people in America, um, we got intense ancestors. And so mm. for me, I have to, um, I have to represent my, my mom, my dad, my grandfather on both sides, my grandmother on both sides, my great grands. I mean, like my, my people are very intense, wow. um, very, very intricate people. And so for me to just be a uh, bottom tier of what, people before me where I have to do a lot of work and so really now I'm just now starting to get to my own thing 
and to really push off from where I come from. But I had to do a lot of studying, do a lot of background checks, a lot of uh, uh, um, understanding of, of who I am, you know, starting from what I was told from my grandparents, my mom, my dad, and so on, what was passed down, then go on forth. So we got a lot to, to represent, you know, for you. Wow. Yeah, I could see you guys touring, not only playing music, but talking about life story and the, the importance yeah, of fathers, of fathers in our lives. And, and in your book, what's the title of your book? Uh, the title of my book is Ghost Babies, sci-fi, wow. sci-fi history. It's kind mm-hmm. of sci-fi. I don't, I don't think it's sci-fi, but. <laughs> um but uh, again that's that you know those are things like we get you in front of people like with fluke when we met that day well not like we met before but when i mentioned that about sickle cell i'm just trying to think of a way to get people in the room to embrace how sickle cell affects our communities um and uh you know i mentioned it to uh lisa fluke's wife and once i mention it i get a call a few days later Oh, we're ready to do this. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, there's a lot of people that have illnesses that the music cured. Mm. You know, in in the sense you could say from Miles Davis, who didn't let anything stop him from what he Mm. did. Um, um, Close friend of mine, Lenny White, who's who's have sickle cell. Um, And I have another friend. His name is... um, Clifton Anderson, who is he's a trombone player, he's Sonny. Oh, Rollins. Clifton. He's Sonny Rollins' uh, uh, nephew, and uh, he had asthma. Very, mm. bad. he had a very bad asthma problem, and uh, and it was suggested that he play the trombone. He said the trombone cured his asthma. Wow, and, that's amazing. Uh, and he's one of the great trombone players. Amazing, amazing. I think that's what happened to me too, man. I had bad asthma. Uh, yeah, when uh, we went out on the road, I was good. Nut allergies and everything. I came back. I was cool. That's a that's amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this, the arts are very powerful because you get a chance to use your own mind and control your mind mm-hmm. um, if you're in the right place in in your mind. And um, a lot of these elements, you can live another day. Mm. Depending on your mind, you know, if you don't give up, you got something to do, or you kind of, it's it's really interesting. I've seen a lot of people get over illnesses. And that's all, like y'all just said, get me to my drums. You know, the last time they couldn't get him to his drums, but he said, if you get me to my drums, I'll be all right. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, and I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen my brother go through some things where he, there was, he did a tour and he had a, you know, I don't know what he had. It was like his heart or something, and they and and they called the paramedics in the dressing room, and um, they like, yo, man, you need to go to the hospital. He said, well, let me do this concert, then I go to the hospital. He did. We went on the stage. You had, nobody even knew that anything was wrong, and he played incredible. <laughs> you know, and uh, um, I've seen it. I mean, in in myself, I remember there's times I've been on the road and I'll be out. I couldn't do nothing. I'd be like, I don't know. And once I get on the bandstand and finish the night, I'm cured. We both did a gig. We did a gig a long time ago. I don't know if you remember. I, yeah, you probably did. Um, and we caught the flu two days before the gig. And this shit was not no regular flu. This was some different stuff right here. And we were out. I was I was done. 
but we had to get on stage and we got on stage and that stage was rough and in the middle of the gig and we were playing duo it was just me and dad in the middle of the gig something just happened and the level started to rise and like you know how you get like pressure in your head I had mm. pressure in my head it was killing me and then it just released and we went and at the end of the gig we were sweating everything was out <laughs> done, you know. <laughs> yeah. so you know the sickle, sickle cell i think uh i think this is an important concept for that and i'm hope that it will open the door for um for people to listen to the arts with you know to collaborate the arts and, and you know creative arts you know, and and uh, healing and sicknesses, you know. Mm. Um, well, we got uh, we got two minutes left, but I tell you, I just felt like I just read a book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Gary, I want to I want to make one note also that's uh, kind of like it was it's an incredible thing. Um, we didn't realize that this the sickle cell was on Coltrane's birthday. Wow. It's on John Coltrane's birthday, and um, and you know I looked around. I said, "Wow, we got saxophone. We got you know, <laughs> it's just kind of <clears throat> amazing." So our event, yeah, our event is September twenty third. It's a Saturday mm -hmm. at seven p.m. at Wolsey Hall. Um, and in closing, I just want everybody just to say a little something, and before we uh, we uh, get off air here. Well, it's been a pleasure, and I hope to see, um, you know, people come out with an open heart to receive this music. Yeah, Thank be you. There, be there, be square, and bring the children. <laughs> <laughs> bring the old people, be the people, and bring the people who have money, too. Oh, oh yeah. People will be there. <laughs> it's going to be a great e e event, going to be a great time. You know, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I mean, we've getting, we're getting so much support, um, especially through a lot of our sponsors. And, uh, you know, I'm getting calls every day pertaining to, you know, folks looking forward to it. We need, you know, especially coming out of this pandemic, we need to soothe our souls. And, and I, I firmly believe that this event will definitely do that. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, again, exposing the uh, plight of sickle cell and, and the, the music just how the healing um, effects of music. Um, and and uh, just from listening to you guys today, this morning, I, I know that we're going to reach some folks, you know, and we're going to save some souls. Yeah. This. And That's uh, always the mission, save some Yeah, and I can't. I just, again, want to thank you. I want to see everybody September 23rd, Saturday. Yeah. Looking forward. 7 p.m. at Woolsey Hall. Thank you, Gary. And Gary, you're pretty. You're very good at this. Oh no, I'm learning. <laughs> Thank Tom Ficklin and Harry. They put me on the spot, but they do give me an opportunity to talk about the issues that are affecting our communities locally and nationally. So again, thank you. Thank you for your your journey and your your music. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Harry Rose, and you're listening to WNHP 103.5 FM New Haven.